want to share with you about that deaf man, and there's some things I think we can learn from him in the Bible. Turn with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, and we're going to start in verse 31 and read through verse 37. Mark chapter 7, verse 31 through 37. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and he saith unto him, Ephata, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened and the string of his tongue was loosed and he spake plain and he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much more, a great deal, they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you that we can be at Bible Baptist Church tonight. And thank you for bringing us back here to be with our friends. And Lord, now I ask you, help my message to be clear, help the interpretation to be clear, and Lord, I pray that you would lead us tonight. Lord, help us to learn something from this deaf man, in Jesus' name, amen. Now before we go into the whole passage, I want to say it was 2018 or 2019 that the Lord first gave me this message. And then we came to 2020, and guess who came to Florida? Randy came down to Florida at Rex Carriger's Church. Randy was down there, and we were in Jacksonville, and we saw he was going to be two hours away from us. We thought it was worth the drive. It was COVID, and it was a mess, and we went down. There weren't that many people there, but Randy preached from this same chapter, chapter mark chapter seven you remember that is a different message and i i hope you're going to enjoy this message tonight but but here's this deaf man in the bible and i want you to notice four things that we can learn out of this story here the first one we see in verse 31 and they bring unto him one that was deaf that word bring right there bring You see, this was the time of the Roman Empire. Thank God we can live in the United States today, that we can live in the world the way it is today. There's a lot of rights for deaf people. There's a lot of help for deaf people. There's technology. Things are so much better for us today, but this was the time of the Roman Empire. It was a horrific time. 
to be deaf. Deaf people were outcasts of society. They were deaf, blind, crippled, any disability. They were outcasts. There was no education for them. The plight of a deaf person was horrid. But one day Jesus was coming to town, and the multitude was gathering, and they, they, we don't know their names, and um, deaf, um, not ASL, but, but they means more than one person in English, two or three or four. I don't know how many they were, but they saw that there was a, a deaf person there, and Jesus was coming, and they didn't just say, oh, no, we don't know how to talk with that guy. We don't know what to, oh, it's too bad for him. Boy, I really wish he could hear Jesus, but it's a bunch of bad luck for him. Well, that's the way life is, and go on their merry way. What they did was they went and they got that deaf man. I can imagine what it was like for him. He probably didn't know where they wanted to go, and they're saying, Jesus is here, and he doesn't know what that is. And then maybe they took him by the arm, and he didn't even know where he was going. But they did something. Way back in 1976, I went to Bible college in Florida. The first Saturday, I showed up to the Saturday visitation meeting. I was all excited about it. Pastor Steve Houghton was there, and he said we were going to be visiting the deaf two by two. He paired me up with a hearing guy. So, so there would be somebody who could communicate with the family and the deaf person, too. And he told me he wanted me to go visit Chipper. He, he said, John, I want you to visit Chipper. I said, okay, I'll go. So my friend and I got in the car, and I was ready to start the ignition, and he said, oh, no, I forgot. I got an appointment today. I can't go with you. And he left. And I was all by myself. And I thought, all right, then I'll just go myself. So I drove to Chipper's house, <coughs> and I knocked on the door. The mom came to the door, and she said, oh, are you from the church? And I said, yes. She said, oh, good, good, good. Chipper's so excited you're coming. Please come in. And so she invited me to sit down in the living room. And I was excited about meeting Chipper. And she went down the hall, and she called Chipper. And she, she had told me how is my name. And um, I looked down the hall, and here came Chipper, like this. And I said, oh, hi. How are you? Are you deaf? What, what's your name? And Chipper went like this. And I said, I'm here visiting from the church. It's nice to meet you. And Chipper went like this. And a while, his dad arrived. His dad came in and said, oh, are you the guy from the church? I'm so glad to meet you. You know what? We'll let you and Chipper talk, and we'll go off into the kitchen. And they left. And I thought, you can't. How do I do this? You know, I, he's deaf, but he's deaf plus something else. And, and so I said, tomorrow I could take you to church. I could pick you up. And Chipper went like this. Oh, this is going well. And so I went into the kitchen. I said, hey, um, do you have a piece of paper I could use? I could write with him. And she said, no, no, you just sign. Chipper will understand you just fine. I'm thinking, right. And uh, he doesn't understand anything. And so I went back in there, and I'm trying to talk to him. You're coming to church tomorrow? You can come and learn about Jesus at church tomorrow. Chipper goes like this. We did this for 30 minutes. It felt like the longest 30 minutes of my life. This uh, took forever. After a while, the parents came back. Hey, can you pick up Chipper and take him to church tomorrow? And I said, yeah, I'll come at 9. And they said, we're so excited. And I got in my car, and I drove straight to Steve Houghton's house. I said, I met that deaf guy, Chipper. And he said, oh, how did it go? And I said, well, 
well, he's deaf, plus there's something else going on. I don't know what that is. And they said, well, the parents said, they said we could bring him. He said, okay, you go pick him up tomorrow and bring him to church. I'm thinking, yeah, right, okay. So the next morning I drove to pick up Chipper, and um, his mom, or he got in my car, and he, he was just going like this. And So we got in the car, and we drove to the church. They told me we were going to put him in the deaf children's class, so I took him, and he toddled into church, and we took him to the children's class, and I sat with him in the back, and there were seven or eight deaf kids there, and they all came to meet him, and, oh, are you deaf? What's your name? What's your name? And Chipper went like this, and, and those deaf kids, you know what they did? Oh, look, he goes like this. He goes like this. They all started doing that. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Don't do that. That's not nice. So uh, the teacher shared a Bible story, and there was a picture. There were pictures, Jesus dying on the cross, everything. Chipper just sat there going like that the whole time. Afterwards, I said, Chipper, I got to go lead singing in the deaf church, and then I'll be back. And he just went like this, I thought, oh, whatever. And I went over to the deaf church, and I came back. And then after church was all over, I said, you ready to go home? And Chipper was like this, let's go. And here we went. And he got in my car, and I took him home, and his mom was peeking through the blinds. Hey, hey, how'd it go? Thank you. You don't know how much it means. Like, will you visit again Saturday? And I'm like, this Saturday, yeah. Saturday morning, I got in my car, and I thought, oh, man. He doesn't understand anything. And I said, Lord, what do I do with this? Well, Saturday came, and I went to Chipper's house. And his mom was all excited. Chipper's so excited. He's been excited all week. He, he can't wait to see you. And I thought, how would you know? How would you know you can't talk to him? And she said, come in and sit down. And she went and got Chipper. She was all excited. And here he came. And he came. And he sat down. And I started the whole thing over again. And she said, wait, I got some papers. And she went down the hall. And she got some papers. She started laying them out on the table in front of me. I started looking at those papers, and, and there were pictures. There was a picture of me and Chipper in the car. And there was a picture of us in church. And there was a picture of the teacher teaching. And there was a picture of Jesus dying on the cross. And I said, did Chipper draw all that? And she said, he did. And I said, you did understand. And Chipper went like this. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I took Chipper to church every week. You and I have people out there that are different from us. We need to go find them, whether they're deaf, they're hearing, they're blind, they're from the, from, they've immigrated from Mexico, they've come across our border, they're from Russia, they, we don't know who they are, and we're wishing they would just go back home. No, go find them and bring them. first word we see is bring. And then it says, they beseech him to put his hand upon him. Beseech. That's like the word pray. They begged him. They pleaded. They said, please. You see, these people found this deaf man, and they took him by the hand, and they, they brought him to Jesus, and when they got him there, they didn't say, well, good luck. I hope this works out well and go off. They didn't. What they did is then they went to Jesus and they said, we brought this deaf man, but would you please, I beg you, please, would you touch him and would you change his life? And Jesus changed the life of the deaf man because they beseeched him. I think what we're lacking in our churches today is prayer. 
prayer. Oh, we'll witness to people. We'll pass them a track. And then, are you safe? No. Okay. Well, I did my part. That's I'm. My hands are clean now. The, the, you've got a mom that won't get saved, a son that won't get saved, a friend at work that won't get saved. You said, "Well, I did my part. It's not my problem anymore." We forget to pray. In 1978, I got saved, and I was so excited. Now, I have a sister named Vicki. Vicki's two years older than me. She's also deaf. And I came home from church, and I said, Vicki, I went to a church, and they talk with their hands. Could you come to church with me? And Vicki wasn't too sure. She was real shy, um, older than me. I was 13. She was 15. But she said she would go. And the first Sunday, she went to church, and she didn't say a thing. She, and we went home. It was very new. The second Sunday, she came with me again to church, and we were sitting there in church, and we were getting ready for Sunday school, and I didn't see Vicki, and I said, where's Vicki? And somebody said, I think she went to the van, and I went out, and, and she was out in the van, and I said, Vicki, come in, and she said, no, and she was mad. And I thought, huh. Went to Sunday school, and in the intermission, I went out, and I said, Vicki, come in, and she said, no, leave me alone, and when Vicki was mad, it was best to leave her alone, so after church, I got in the van, and I said, Vicki, what's wrong, you missed the whole church service, and she said, just leave me alone, she was so mad, we got home, and came into the house, and I said, Vicki, what is wrong with you, and she said, some woman that knows sign language at that church came, and said, um, it's wrong for me to wear pants, and I couldn't come to church unless I came in a dress. And she said, I'm done. Now, I had just gotten saved a week before. I didn't know what that, I didn't, she didn't own a dress. Vicki was always a tomboy. So the next Sunday, I went to the Sunday school teacher, Fred Danley, and I said, there was, there was a, a woman that told Vicki not to come unless she had a dress. And he said, no, that's not right. Let's tell the pastor. And we told it to the pastor. And he said, no, that's everybody's welcome here. We want to show people the love of Jesus. He said, we'll go visit her on Thursday and try and fix it. And so they came and Fred came and, and they said, we're so sorry that that woman shouldn't have said that. We just want you to come learn about Jesus. But Vicki was done. She was still mad. The next Sunday, I was so disappointed. I went to church, and they said, the pastor wants to see you in his office. I thought, what, I'm getting called to the office? It wasn't good at school to get called to the office. I didn't think I wanted to be called to the office at church either. Fred said, don't worry, I'll go with you. And the interpreter said she'd come. And, and I went in, and, I, and the pastor said, I'm so sorry about what happened to Vicki. I was not, it wasn't my problem. I didn't do something wrong. The pastor said, I'm so sorry about what happened with Vicki, but that gives you a new responsibility. And I'm thinking, I have a new responsibility. I did not make this mess. You made, that woman made that mess. And he said, I know, but it's your sister. And he said, you need to pray. You need to pray for your sister. You need to pray that your sister will get saved. And I said, okay, I was 13 years old. 
The next Sunday in church, I raised my hand, pray for Vicki, she'll get saved. Sunday night, I raised my hand, pray for my sister Vicki, she needs to get saved. Wednesday night, raise my hand, pray for Vicki, she needs to get saved. Pray for Vicki, she needs to get saved. And I kept asking her to church, and she'd say no. And next Sunday, raised my hand. Pretty soon, I'd raise my hand, and they'd say, we know, John, pray for Vicki, she needs to get saved. I just kept raising my hand, pray for Vicki, she needs to get saved. And I invited her again, and one month went by, and two months, and then one year, and two years, and she wouldn't come, and she wouldn't come. Three years went by, and I kept praying, and, and one day I said, Vicki, will you come to church with me? And she said, okay. What would you say? She said, okay. Oh, she was coming. Vicki was coming to church again, and I was so excited, and she was coming to church, and the next week, after two weeks, Vicki went forward, and she got saved. Now she's married to Bruce Kelly, who's the pastor to the deaf. That's our sending church in Atlanta, Georgia. Prayer. So first, that bring, and second, prayer. And then thirdly, I want you to see where it says, and he took him aside. Took him aside. And I want us to use the word focus right there. Focus. You see, this deaf man has this group of hearing people grab him and take him somewhere. It must have been embarrassing. It must have felt awkward. He probably thought he was in trouble. He probably was afraid. And here they bring him to the multitude, and Jesus says, leave the multitude aside and focus on the one. This deaf person is important to me, and just leave all those other people alone. I just want to meet the needs of this one deaf person right here to tell him how much he loved him. Wow, how that must have been for him. Don't we see that in John chapter 3 where Jesus spent time focused on Nicodemus and in chapter 4, the Samaritan woman where he focused on her and said, you are important to me, I love you. And I think we get so busy and we tell people they need to be saved and we just, we just say forget it and we ignore them and we leave them alone when they don't get saved. We, it takes time. You have to show them the love of Jesus. You have to show them compassion. You need to pray for them and encourage them, and you need to show them some love, and you need to put some focus on their lives so that they can get saved. Two years ago when COVID came, it was a mess, and maybe you said, well, I know where I'm going when I die. Okay, sure, but what about the lost? What about the people out there that aren't saved? We're the ones with the gospel. We're supposed to go. I'm sorry about COVID, and go say, and is there anything I can do to help you? Can I be your friend, build relationships with people, and draw them to the gospel of Jesus Christ so they can be saved? We've gotten so selfish. We're so self-centered. We don't think about anybody but ourselves, my life, my plan, what I want, and we don't think about their needs. Witnessing is important, but we've got to show the love of Jesus every day. We've got to connect with people. That's important. Jesus focused on this deaf person. Now, fourthly, I want us to see this. First, bring. Secondly, pray. Thirdly, focus. And then fourthly, and looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephata, that is, be opened. Where it says looking up there, I'd like to use the word trust 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 so many times people come and say but i've witnessed to my sister and she's not saved and it's been years and i've gone to my boss and i've tried to be a christian example and i've tried to witness for five years and nothing has happened and my neighbor is still not saved i've been nice to them and he hates me and nothing has happened and is god even listening where is god in this what happened 
I'm wasting my time. Nothing's happening. Nobody's getting saved. Keep trusting him. Keep trusting him. One of my favorite Bible characters is Joseph in the Old Testament. Many of you know the story of Joseph. When he was 17, he had a vision from God. He was so excited. He couldn't wait to tell his brothers all that was going to happen. They were going to bow down to him. And then there was a second vision, and he told his brothers and his parents they were all going to bow down. And you know this story. They sold him into slavery. He goes down to Egypt, and he's, he's down there he's till he's 30 years old. And when he's 30, he gets elevated to second in the kingdom. But God has not brought the vision to pass yet. The vision was that his brothers would bow down to him. That has not happened yet. So 17 to 30, that's 13 years. And then there's seven years of plenty. So now we're at 20 years, plus two years of famine. We're talking about 22 years later, and guess who comes to town? It's his brothers. And they bowed down before Joseph. There it is. There it is. God's word never fails. It took 22 years, but still there was an answer to that prayer. Still, God's word is true. I wish that I could tell you when you go visiting, your mom's going to get saved the first time you tell her the gospel. I wish I could tell you that you can go out and all your family, just like Randy's family, what a wonderful Christian testimony that they'll all get saved like that and everything will change and it'll all be different by next year, but I can't tell you that. God knows, though. Just keep trusting him. Just keep bringing them. Just keep praying for them. Just keep focusing on them. Just keep trusting him, and he will do the work. Back in 1975, in my home church, there was an old man, 69 years old, named Loyal Carlson Sr. He was 69. He went one day to the mall, and as he was walking through the mall, he saw two deaf people pass by, and he realized they were deaf, and he had no way to communicate with them. He didn't know what he could do. When he got home, he called his son, um, and he said, son, I saw some deaf people at the mall today. What are we going to do about that? And he said, well, Dad, I don't know. And he said, but that broke my heart. What are we going to do? we got to do something. And his son said, I don't know. And he said, well, we're going to pray. And he said, okay, you can pray. So Loyal Carlson Sr. started praying, and he started making phone calls. And somebody told him there was a community sign language class. He signed right up, and he went down to take sign language. He got in that class, and they started teaching the alphabet. And he could not form the letters his hand was so bad with arthritis, and he just couldn't get clear letters. And he started trying to learn sign language, but he just could not move his fingers. And he tried to talk with the deaf and say, I'm happy to meet And the deaf didn't know what he was trying to say. It just blew right by. And that arthritis, but he kept praying and saying, God, we got to do something. How are we going to reach the deaf community? And he started praying. He started seeking. And he found out there was a camp in Tennessee called the Bill Rice Ranch. And so he called the camp. 
and he, he talked with them, and he said, I'll talk with my son. And he, he went to his son, and he said, the Bill Rice Ranch has some people that they could bring here, and they could do a two-week sign language class, and our church could learn sign language. And they said, okay, come for the two weeks. So Loyal Carlson Sr. Um, got in that sign language class, and there he was again, A, B, and, and everybody else was learning, but he could not. His hands were so crippled with arthritis. And so the first Sunday, they invited the deaf, and they had 20 deaf come. Back in 1976, 20 deaf came to that church. Two years later, I came to that church. The first person I met was Loyal Carlson Sr., 71 years old. Oh, I'm happy to meet you. What's your name? What? Something was wrong with his hands. I knew that. And they said it's arthritis, but he's trying to tell you his name. And so they finally wrote it on a paper for me, and his son is a preacher. And so, oh, happy to meet you. You know, I got saved that morning. He came, and, and he said, I'm so glad you got saved. I'm so glad the morning you got saved. I couldn't understand him at all. And he just wanted to do something for the deaf. Well, they told him he could drive the van for the deaf, so he started driving a van. He started picking up deaf people. It was scary riding with him, but he drove that van until he was 88 years old. Sunday morning, Sunday night, he picked up all the deaf, and he brought him to church with his crippled hands. Out of that church ministry, I became a pastor and missionary to the deaf. Bruce Kelly became a pastor to the deaf in Georgia and helped started a second deaf church now in Florida. And out of that church came John Barr, who is now president of Silent Word Ministries, reaching deaf around the world. It all started with a 69-year-old man that had a burden for deaf people. At the end of the verse, in verse 37, it says, He hath done all things well. If you will go out and bring people, and you will pray for them, and you will focus on them, and you will trust God to do his work, down the road you and I will look back, and we will say, wow. He hath done, not some things, not a few things, all things well. Let's stand for prayer.